Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Rewatchability. It's a podcast where we rewatch old movies and see if they hold up today, right now, in this moment. I'm Robert Laurent. With me, as always, is... Blaine Waters. And uh, JM is not here. He he died. His tongue swolled up and his brains exploded and his eyes leaked out of his skull. He's, he has the common cold. Oh, okay. He's, uh, yeah, he's wondering sick. wondering where you're going. So it's just us here, and we do have a special guest today, Nug Nargang from the Illusionoid podcast. Yes, uh, Brothers in Antica, if you will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mantica Network yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. It's yeah. like a cult. <laughs> we are a very creepy cult. <laughs> good costumes, though. Yeah. Good, good drinks. <laughs> Phenomenal drinks. And you've joined us to talk about UHF, the 1989 movie starring Weird Al Yankovic. Mm-hmm. A weird Al vehicle, yeah. Except maybe eclipsed by Michael Richards. Do you think is, so? Well, I don't know. Just because of like maybe the stuff that's come up lately, and maybe eclipsed for him by other things like the eclipse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. But before we get into that, we should thank our sponsors, Hello Fresh and ND Mattress. Both of them are great. You should check them out. We should also thank our Patreon subscribers. Those are the folks who give us one, three, five, fifteen dollars a month, and in return they get the podcast early and they get other special bonus content. Like we just dropped an episode today. Which will be like last week, <laughs> yeah. just for Patreons. Yeah. So if you pledge any amount a month, you get that bonus content for free. Yeah. Yeah. So do that. Yeah, please. That'd be great. So we're here to talk about UHF Weird Al, nineteen eighty nine. Blaine, when was the first time that you saw this film? I feel like I saw it. Like I always start these podcasts by being like, "Oh, I saw it at a sleepover, like with friends." I think I saw this like on my own, alone, depressed at night in like my basement as a teenager, just flicking through the channels. And I thought it was just so strange and so 
weird. Oh, I don't know if they have someone with wow, the name I'm of that. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Uh, but it was, I, I loved it and I never thought about it again after seeing it that first time. I kind of, I saw it. I loved it entirely. I laughed a lot. I thought it was so silly and kind of stupid, but I've since grown to really love stupid humor. You have to dare to be stupid. You have to right, Absolutely. Exactly. As we're Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Speak to us. Yeah. I'm eating my own words. I just have to eat yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, okay. We'll revisit that one later. But I loved it and I hadn't seen it in, since then, I think. So it was crazy to rewatch it. We, Rob and JM and I all went to the Royal screening of UHF. Yeah. Uh, this Saturday night and it it was it was so much fun to be there with people that loved the movie like loved this movie yeah yeah they would like all four of them <laughs> there, was, there was like 40 people there yeah it was pretty full yeah there was a guy who dressed up as like in Amish attire to sing Amish Paradise no I think he was an Orthodox Jew oh okay then I might have insulted him they go to the movies too <laughs> yeah okay I might have heard him but that, that's when I first saw it uh, what about you now? Uh, I saw it with some friends of mine in high school this was right 1989 right when I got into high school oh. okay. and this was me and my friends somebody had a driver's license and we all piled in a car and drove to London, Ontario and watched <laughs> this in a theater. How and long a trip was that? Was that like a big an hour, trip? About, okay. a, about an hour okay. trip and it was like our first outing without parents like we're going to oh, really? watch a movie That's and so awesome. we went to London and we still through Facebook messages will reference this movie constantly. <laughs> there are so many lines and so many bits in this movie that are so oddly placed and yet are integral to the movie. Right. <laughs> that are just things we say to each other and that's just how it is from now on. So Yeah, I, it's like the fingerprint of your relationship with really your friends. It really is. For this group of pit friends, this was yeah. the moment, like this solidified it. We went through this <laughs> wow. war together and that was the movie. Right. So if like an Illusionoid robot came in and took over one of you, <laughs> yeah. you, you would know. You would oh, know right away. I would know immediately if we were replaced by a symbiote or a <laughs> right. clone, I would know. Let's have to do the UHF references. Yeah, exactly. Now, I, I think I noticed you're wearing a UHF t-shirt. Yeah, I am actually. Oh, I didn't UHF. even know. I do. Yeah. I do legitimately love this movie. It says and, U62. U62, which is the channel of the station. Has the two mops. Has on two there? mops. Uh, yeah. Wheel of fish. The transmitter. The whole thing. Oh my god! Um, but it doesn't have a badge. No, <laughs> don't need it. Yeah, yeah. I do legitimately love this movie. I owned it on DVD and I bought it on Blu-ray for all the extra features. Nice. There's a real neat thing. Uh, all these cut scenes from the movie on the Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray's two-sided, so they could pack in all the extra oh, stuff. Wow. Oh, I loved when they did that. And so <laughs> when you, but some of the the menus on the one side, but if you want to watch something, some of them are on the other side. Okay. So Weird Al will come in on the screen and go, it's on the other side. You have to take it out and flip it over to watch this. It's on the other side of this right. DVD. And then when you hit play on it again, he gets angrier. And, tell, and then he comes out like three or four times and just goes, what are you doing? Flip it over. It says right. Like, it's so funny. Just this menu is amazing. Yeah, that's great. He's so good at beating a dead horse in new ways. Yes. Like, it's just so funny. <laughs> Not for more blood, just for more beating. Yeah, just for more beating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and somehow it doesn't get old. It's so no. great. Uh, what about you, Rob? When did you first see it? You know, I saw it at some point, maybe when I was in university. I like was a Weird Al fan growing up. You know, I think like a lot of people he was sort of like an entryway into music, into pop music. Yeah. Um, you know, if you didn't have like an older brother to give you Fugazi records or something, you had to sort of like do with like polka versions of Queen songs or whatever. And then eventually, you know, you listen to other stuff and you sort of move on from Weird Al. And for a while, he sort of seems like childish. So you mm. sort of like, I don't know, I sort of got over him for a while. And then as I got older and wiser and was able to sort of reintegrate all that stuff, you know, I sort of like learned to love him 
again. And I saw him in concert at one point. And it was really funny. He still like I think has his like you know his chops. He sort yeah. of like made like a, a resurgence recently. Like he was the uh, musical conductor of uh, comedy Bang Bang for the last oh, couple of seasons. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So like he's become like you know hip and cool again. So I remember seeing it sometime. It. I think the humor of this particular movie was a little bit like stranger than the regular Weird Al sort of stuff. Like right. the stuff that he became really popular with, like the MTV size pop music parodies, that stuff is easy to get for a kid mm-hmm. or for a, a younger person. The humor yeah, and, of, and the parodies can kind of stand on their own as jokes too. Like you yeah. don't need to get what they're parodying for it to be funny. Yeah. And that's where Weird Al really chimed in. Yeah, but I was looking forward to, to re-watching it, to re-critically evaluate Weird Al cinematically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's a whole other component to this, which I didn't realize until you talked about his music, but he does have so much music, and as kids, like, you you liked the music as kid, like, as a kid. Well, I think Rob? that was the main thing. Like, yeah. You know, he was on MTV, he hosted, like, uh, programs on MTV, but he was, yeah. like, all about, like, the music video, like, he really took advantage of that format. Yeah, for sure, that was his uh, movies. And, and, like, his songs were so, like, easily, you know, you could put them on, like, a compilation tape or something right. like that. What about you, now? Did you listen to him I was, um, I've massive Weird Al fan. I've been to a, okay. three concerts. Uh, right. I, uh, you know, the movies, the there's the big box set that's coming out near the end of this year that is everything he's ever done wow. on vinyl in a box that looks like an accordion. <laughs> right. It's going to be about 500 bucks. I think it's money well spent. Um, <laughs> but uh, he does parody the songs and uh, I took some music classes in university and uh, we, I looked at some of his music and what's interesting is that the parodies, you, you get it. Within the first verse and chorus, you get it. Oh, so man, all yeah. of his parodies are one verse and one chorus shorter. He clips right. them so they're shorter songs. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So that you don't that. have, he doesn't actually beat the dead horse to death. Wow. I didn't yeah. know just, that. He's like, you get it. I'm getting out of here quicker. Yeah. But they're still like musically accurate. Like, well, his yeah. band is full of yeah. phenomenal musicians. Yeah. And every now and then, uh, the musicians that he's parodying right. will say, well, why don't I just play on the track? Right. So at the time of UHF, when he did the, which we'll talk about the Beverly Hillbillies thing, right, right. that's actually Mark Knopfler from oh, Dire Straits <laughs> playing amazing, on the yeah. track. And then on a later album, uh, he was doing a parody of Ben Folds and Ben's like, just, I'll play. And so he yeah. plays on the track. So it's just, everybody loves, yeah. there's only like two people in history who said no to Weird Al. Right. So right. it's very interesting where all the musicians are like, yeah, I want to be, I want to be parodied by Weird Al. This is the best. Was yeah. Like Paul McCartney or something? Paul McCartney and Prince. Billy Joel once said no. <laughs> and then the Paul McCartney one, he wanted to do Live and Let Die as Chicken Pot Pie, uh, <laughs> right. which he does so live, stupid. which he does live, but Paul McCartney wouldn't let him record it. Oh, he okay. said, go ahead and do a live, but you can't record it. Right. But, the, but he's, but McCartney loves it. So yeah. yeah. He's a vegetarian. Like when he was on yeah. The Simpsons, he said that like Lisa could never stop being a vegetarian. Right. Like that was his like, good stipulation fight. for appearing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, do you want to run down the, the movie, Rob? I sure do. I will try. It's this is sort of all over the place. <laughs> it's it's hard because as we were talking about the, before the podcast, now you brought up the fact that like this is a really simple story. It's and, an amazingly simple yeah. story. And it's been done to death a bunch of times since and before. But the jokes, these deviations are so hard to bring into and focus. And even the things like, we'll, well, we'll talk about it, but even the scenes like, we'll when the roommates don't know what to do. We've lost our jobs. We don't know what to do. Yeah. Been there. Right? Yeah. We've yeah, all been there, there but Basketball. they're doing yeah. the oddest things in that scene and not talking about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And that's the whole movie the is that. Humor of that just yeah. very much like throwaway jokes that are the weirdest things you've ever heard and no one's reacting to them. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. Okay, yeah. well, start with a sort of familiar sort of scene. There's a explorer in a wide-brimmed hat. He's sort of tromping through the jungle, finds some the ruins of a temple. And it's like a basic Indiana Jones parody. We've seen yeah. it a bazillion times. Mm-hmm. But there's some good stuff in it. He like whips off one of the lackey's arms. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. And he gets the to reactions the, of everything. Yeah, like everything is like just what happened in the movie, but just so much bigger yeah, yeah. and stupider. Like all the things, yeah. if you watch that movie as a kid and you watched him whip the guy's the gun out of his hand, yeah. you're like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if he took his arm off? Well, yeah. Al does it in this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he gets to the treasure and it's an Oscar statuette. Right. It can't be. It's trademarked. Oh. So if you look at the statue, instead of holding a thing, it's covering its crotch. It's an Oscar. <laughs> right. <laughs> an Oscar. The only thing it's you can see is its ass. Yeah. So there they you wouldn't go. let it. The, uh, yeah. Academy wouldn't let it. Wow. Oh, that's so stupid. That's Man. great. It's ridiculous. And they did not yeah. nominate him for this either. <laughs> oh, Oddly. Yeah. You take a dig at them. You don't bite the hand that feeds. <laughs> but so he uh, he does like the whole like weighing the sand thing, but at the last minute he just like tosses the bag away mm-hmm. and of course the, the big rolling rock comes after him and it chases him. Yeah. Uh, b- before that the, the, the ceiling caves in, all these rocks fall on his head, but they're all foam, so he just keeps, yeah, he just on keeps running. running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so stupid. And it chases him like out of the temple, through the streets of Paris, through the desert. Yeah. And finally, like, flattens him, squashes him. He's flatter than a pancake. This is the end of our hero. But it's a daydream. It's a daydream by a man in a lowly job. Mm-hmm. It's George Newman. This is the character that Weird Al is playing. Yeah. He's flipping burgers at some... With no hairnet. No, I'm just going to say no that hair right now. Shit, yeah. it's, no he has a lot all. of hair. Uh, well, so does his buddy Bob. Yeah. yeah. They both have a tremendous amount of <laughs> hair. True. They probably need double nets for that. <laughs> double that up. But they're like really despondent because they hate their jobs and they think that they're two guys with imagination and it just doesn't seem like there's any opportunity opportunities for them there and they get fired i think he insults he insults big edna oh yeah that's right to her back and they do that wonderful it's so cartoon it's like a human cartoon yeah she carries them out one in each hand by their belts and hurls them into the air and you hear they they leave off they leave (laughs) frame and the camera backs away and it's a good 500 feet back from the restaurant she goes back inside and then they land and they're screaming the whole time. It's, it's so, yeah, it's very cartoony. It's very stupid, but it's like, I don't, there's something about it that's so endearing and that makes me laugh and then laugh despite myself. Yeah. I don't want to laugh. You laugh and then go, oh God, why am I laughing? At this? <laughs> why am I yeah. laughing? But they, they got me. They yeah. got me to laugh. So this sort of style worked, I think, a lot better in the 80s, or at least there was like a lot more of it. Like it's mm-hmm. very reminiscent of like Pee Wee Herman and like, I don't know, Devo videos. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like a very off the wall sort of like campy. And also, yeah. as we said, it's a story that's been done to death mm-hmm. yeah. in many, many movies before this and after. So if you're right. going to do the same thing, do it bigger and worse right. or make fun of it. This is almost a parody of all those movies. Yeah. 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 And in that way, it's almost a parody of itself. Yeah. Because it's trying to do that. It's that's the layers of the parody. Movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And all the bits. Russian dolls. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a Russian doll of a movie. Yeah. yeah well, so they don't have any job. They go back to their apartment. They live next to a karate studio and they always hear like people being thrown against the wall at one point like a fist like punches through and weird out can read the time from the watch i'm late (laughs) on the watch yeah this is this is weird because a lot of times we go back to 80s and 90s movies and we see like huge racial stereotypes we're like oh my god this movie did not age well but if the movie's done well i mean it it was it's it's hard because in the theater so many people laughed at that 
it was very multicultural theater and so many people laughed at the Korean karate instructor and it was just it was uh, I don't know it's it's hard because it was definitely a stereotype but it's also a parody of that stereotype yeah, well, and, and Jede Watanabe who was yeah. Kumi was Long Duck Dong and 16 Candles mm-hmm. so uh, he's parodying his own part in 16 right. Candles yeah, as yeah. the Asian stereotype right yeah it's, yeah. it's deep he's this reclaiming is, it yeah <laughs> and I love that he just calls people stupid when they don't understand how to yeah. do karate his yeah. whole thing is calling people stupid <laughs> yeah. yeah it's so absurd yeah. like it's, is that funny <laughs> it is it's very funny he also has a scene with his girlfriend Victoria Jackson mm-hmm. and like the acting in this is like so over the top it's like some sort of like Unperformance, like Brechtian Uber performance. Or something. Like he's so over the top, but she's the most subdued character. And on she the was entire- bananas on Saturday Night Live, and currently is bananas. Yeah, real. that's right. And so knowing how big she can be, <laughs> really she's a super conservative. So if right. she, knowing how big she can be, she's so underplaying this whole thing yeah. and he's like literally smashing his head against the counter. Yeah. Like her voice is pretty is it's uh, like a doll. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty tweet to begin with but like then she like subdues it so much more into a whisper almost. Yeah. yeah. And Weird Al's yelling at her the entire movie being like I love you. And she's like <laughs> okay Weird Al. Like it's so it's such a weird dichotomy between the two. They were considering getting Jennifer Tilly I believe and That's uh, another Ellen whisperer. DeGeneres. Not yeah. a whisperer. Well and then Bob <laughs> the best friend was supposed to be Jerry Seinfeld. Right. Oh, really? But he was like, uh, no. No. <laughs> and it's weird that then Michael Richards is in the movie, and you wonder yeah. if they cross paths and Jerry... Right. Was like, hey, you should have this guy, because Jerry loves Michael Richards' stand-up so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe not all of it, but, but some of it. Well, I read that Michael Richards was originally not going to do it, because he was suffering from an attack of Bell's palsy, and so he didn't feel like he could like give the performance. R- really? That's what IMDb Trivia said. Oh, weird. <laughs> weird. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll talk about him later because, you know, he's sort of like, I think, as you said, sort he's, of takes over the movie. Yeah, he's the other way. in the room of this, uh, of this podcast. Well, man, yeah, that too. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so he goes to like some party or something that's thrown by his aunt or whatever. And his uncle wins this TV station in a poker game. And he's just going to get rid of it because they can't even find a manager for it. But his aunt convinces him to give George a shot at it. To make him the manager of this station, U62, and he doesn't really have any other opportunities, so he takes it. Him and Bob are going to run this station. Mm-hmm. It's something kind of stupid that they don't expect anything from, and then they start to love it. This is like basketball. This is a lot of comedies. This is oh, mainly the comedy. Uh, they go to... Wait, I think it's an amazing scene because they go check out the station in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why it's in the middle of the night. And then as they're about to go inside, a hobo appears <laughs> and says, do you have change? Yeah. George Al picks some change out of his pocket and hands it out. And the hobo counts out 85 95 a dollar, hands him a dollar bill and says, thanks, mister. He just makes change. I it's, love that part. It's so there's great. There's so many little jokes like that. And it's very, like, it's very Ziskin. It's very, like, uh, loaded gun, uh, like all those movies, I I just love it. I love that type of humor, and I think uh, Weird Al does that, but also has the weirdness that those movies they just keep on going over the top. And he has some like weirdnesses in there that aren't quite that that make and, it different. And not only that, but you got to know they did not audition this hobo. 
Weird Al knew this guy oh, somehow yeah. Yeah, and yeah. went, you're in the movie. Yeah. I also read that Ginger Baker from Cream wanted that part. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. <laughs> that would pretty cool, too. But the hobo, I mean, he gives such like a really great performance. And he, He's of so course, like, comes back later and, yeah, spoiler yeah. alert, saves, saves the, the fucking day. day. But yeah. that's, that's a line. Hobo. That's one of those lines. <laughs> the hobo is one of those things my friends and I have always said. Thanks, Monsieur. Like, we've been saying that our <laughs> whole amazing. lives. We've been Holy doing shit, that forever. So hey, do you have any change? <laughs> Thanks, Monsieur. Like, that guy's amazing. He's done nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. He's only been in that. Yeah. If he's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> he was probably like a nuclear scientist as well. <laughs> oh, probably. Like Dolph Lundgren before. Kind of, yeah. 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 I I love I love the scene too because uh, it just it just shows Weird Al's character is so relentlessly positive. Yeah. Like there's nothing that he kind of uh, anything that happens to him is like okay that really that's horrible but we'll get by that you know and and there's there's a part where he goes up to the door and it's open he's like look at that. So such a friendly neighborhood the door's open it was like in the middle of nowhere and, so I, and I always think in this movie yeah. the, you have choices when you're making a movie yeah and the door yeah the knob's in the middle of the door where do you find that door you yeah. made a choice to have this odd door it's a weird door man it's a weird door just in the scene with his roommate and it's on just, both sides yes. they show the exterior that knob is on the middle <laughs> in the scene with the roommates they're just casually having a snack and it's yeah. the weirdest snack it's a Twinkie split with, with a, a, a raw yeah. hot dog spray yeah. cheese and he dunks it in milk and have you guys ever had that no okay and I was like do people actually eat that the answer is no nobody does <laughs> but somebody's gotta he did I think we need to I All think right. that's like supplemental Alex, material you run out and grab us some, a bag of, a box of Twinkies do they come in boxes yeah <laughs> and a package and a half of wieners because they come in 12 right <laughs> we're gonna need to try this a lot you know what take it around to the rest of the people here at the office they don't think that they're going to be able to do a great job. They don't have any experience. And Weird Al is like, he says that it's just like going to work every day as a fishmonger, except you don't have to clean and gut fish all day. <laughs> makes perfect sense. Yeah. And they meet uh, Philo, the head engineer. Yeah, oh, yeah. that guy's is great. Anthony Geary, who was Luke on General Hospital? I guess so. Of the famous Luke and Laura storyline? I guess so. It's an unbelievable, like, he doesn't look anything like he did on the soap opera. Yeah. No, and he's the calmest person. Like, I, I feel like the director was just like, take these quaaludes. Yeah. He's like boring <laughs> Brad Doris performance from something. It's weird, man. <laughs> yes, hello, my name is Philo. Like, he's so yeah. odd. Yeah. He's so where, where he's screaming and Victoria Jackson's underplaying it, he's in a coma. Yeah. yeah. The whole movie. And yeah. Fran Drescher's kind of doing like in her mid-range. Yeah, yeah, well, she's not she's not the nanny yet, right? No. And, like, she's not full nanny. But she's she been in have, Spinal Tap at this point. But she's been mm-hmm. in Spinal Tap, yeah. She is playing her mid-range. Yeah. She's not, like, totally nasal yet. And she's, like, the secretary who she wants to become, like, a news anchor, but there's so many new managers that they've never given her the shot or whatever. Yeah. There is some, like, another layer to the story, which is, as, as we'll talk about it, you'll notice, like, what, what's his name, the main character? George? George. Yeah. George, George Newman. All the, all the way along. Newman? All the way along, George. It's like two Seinfeld characters. Yeah, it's yeah. two Seinfeld characters. <laughs> and all the way along, he does nice things for people. He does something nice for every single person in the movie. And, oh. and they help him in the end every single person even if it backfires like he tries to return the mail to Fletcher right doing something nice he just wants to be friendly he's super positive oh yeah yeah. well that's a good segue because that's what he does he gets a piece of mail for RJ Fletcher who's the the nemesis channel 8 he runs the other corporation he's like one of those big corporate cigars he's so good at playing a slime ball this guy yeah so great he like licks his teeth the entire time it's and the, the son 
who's yeah. like, but dad, that guy. Oh, he's so art. He was Jombie on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh. The same guy uh, was Jombie. Okay. That so, guy is such an Eric Trump Jr. or whatever. He is so yes. good in that movie. The li- yeah. He has a joke later where <laughs> Fletcher's mad, and he says, what would R.J. Fletcher Sr. say if he was alive today? And the son turns to his buddy and goes, help, let me out of this box. It's dark. I can't breathe. Help, help. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah. thinks it's hilarious, but it's such a good... And it's, yeah, right, buddy? but like, it's kind of at a character. Like it's just that that joke was too good for Weird Al not to pass up in this movie, so he just stuck it in <laughs> yeah, that character's mouth to this guy, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't really fit his character because he's so terrified. Yeah, yeah we don't want to like him that much. Yeah, but he's that's very funny. Yeah, yeah. But we see him. They bring in Michael Richards' character, Stanley Spadowski. He's like this janitor, this simple-minded janitor, and they like <laughs> accuse him of throwing out this really important report, and they like dress him down, and then they like throw him out. And they take away his precious mop, and yeah. then of course he sits down in his chair. And the he got for his right birthday, there. His sixth birthday. Yeah, he yeah. got the mop for his sixth goddamn birthday. <laughs> yeah. That's the best part. Is like he's screaming, "That's my mop! That's my mop!" And they're like, "Not anymore." And then of course, when he meets George, the most importance is put on this dumb thing, the mop. Yeah. Oh, I got that mop when I was six. It's <laughs> yeah. so. It could have been anything. Yeah. yeah. But the yeah. mop, like, it keeps on, like, coming through, like, as well. But so he comes back, and he's, he hires him to be the janitor at uh, Channel 62, uh, and <laughs> I had to <laughs> look, look, look at my shirt. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's the research we do for this show. That's right. Shirts. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not so easy running a TV station. They have a bunch of problems, because George has to go and be the on-air talent. He does the George's Clubhouse. Uncle Nutsy's Funhouse. Right. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, which is the creepiest name I can ever yeah. think of for kids. <laughs> Well, yeah. not more creepy than Mr. McFeely from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> we, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah right. We don't want that. Yeah. yeah. Nobody wants no. that. But so... Uh, <laughs> no. He, uh, it's a cold prickly right there. But so none of the kids like him. Like, the ratings are crap. And eventually, like, all the shows... Like, we do, there are some, like, good commercial parodies and stuff in there. We do see, I think at this point, we see Emo Phillips as the, oh, uh, the shop, shop teacher. teacher. Yeah. That part's great. You know Al was just like, we gotta get Emo Phillips in this. Yeah. <laughs> and just have Emo be Emo Phillips. He doesn't need to play another character. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And then, because I don't... I didn't remember this scene. And then I remember seeing... Uh, Mad TV with the sketches where the guy would keep on hurting himself, mm-hmm. cutting off limbs and stuff like that while trying to do a project. That's just ripped from this. Like, oh, there's, yeah, and yeah, well, that was hot. that was ripped from Julia Child on SNL, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. like, it's but a great bit. All yeah. like all of that cuts his thumb off, squirts blood everywhere. All of that for the button on that scene, which is him saying, "Boy, is my face red." Boy, is my face red. Yeah, it's so good. Another thing that I really <laughs> enjoyed that I noticed having to do with Stanley is like there's a part where George is like doing the close encounters thing where he's making the mashed potatoes into like the enchanted Mesa thing yeah. and then when he discovers Stanley he's wearing an enchanted Mesa t-shirt it's oh, all that's connect- pretty it's, funny yeah, uh, everything really in this movie great. is Brilliant. on purpose yeah. everything is on oh, purpose oh and going back to the because we saw it on the big screen we're sitting like three rows in so it was just we could see all the detail all, <laughs> it was a lot of detail which we'd never seen before and in the Emo Phillips scene I, I, somehow they, they had to tape Emo Phillips thumb down and you can can see all the clear tape that oh, they yeah. have. It's like a ball oh, yeah. of tape they stuck yeah. to his hand. And he's squirting a thing. Yeah, he's a hundred percent squirting. Yeah, a thing. it's just it's kind of weird because I was like, just just fold your thumb in. But I think it was like it was one of those things that Emo Phillips was like, I can't do this, and they're like, just tape <laughs> it down. Just Emo it Phillips down. played. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but so the station is not exactly successful. Like it's not going to survive throughout the week. They don't have enough revenues. It's all going to be shut down. So mm-hmm. George is fucked. And he's, like, really despondent about it. He 
I think it's, this is also at the same point where he loses his girlfriend. Yeah, yep. he had made dinner plans and then he worked late, had a daydream about the Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, yeah. yes. So which is the uh, partially the music video, which <laughs> is him parodying uh, yeah. Beverly Hillbillies, yeah. uh, but to the tune of Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Yeah. Yeah. Is this a song that you guys like really liked out of Weird Al's oeuvre? I did because I knew Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. And right. so uh, oh, okay. I liked it. And Mark Knopfler is actually playing the guitar on right. this from yeah, Dire Straits. Yeah. And it's such like an iconic song of that era as and well the video because too. the video. Oh, yeah, the video was right. like the first CG video. It was all block people, but it was still. Yeah, one do you of remember that? Ones. No, I don't. See, I didn't watch many music videos, so I didn't know this song. Yeah, it, I thought it was like a Weird Al original. Oh kind no, of thing. that is full on Dire Straits. It yeah. parodies the video, all of it, the yeah, colored yeah. black and white. Oh, for sure, everything I, about it. Yeah, yeah, I, I know that now, having seen having seen the videos. But back then, I didn't. I was like, what is this song? Like, it's not it's not one of Weird Al's famous songs. So why they stick it in the movie? It just kind of fell out of place to me at the time when I saw it. Yeah, but. Well, I mean, now I understand how important it was yeah. to everyone. I don't yeah. know. I guess like the Beverly Hillbillies were probably more in the zeitgeist at the time. Like they were going to make that movie. I don't know when that came out, but I'm sure it was not long well, after that. And, and you're going to a yeah. Weird Al movie. You're hoping for a Weird Al song. Yeah. yeah. So here it is. A Weird Al parody in the middle of the It's movie. kind of weird to me that there's not more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right? he, the, his, his not band a do all the, like the yeah. UHF theme is, uh, the song UHF is over the credits and yeah. they do all the music in the movie, but... This yeah. is the only parody in the movie. Yeah, there's lots mm-hmm. of like movie parodies, but it's not like it would be a different sort of beast if it was like an anthology of music videos sort of like tied together with like weird bits. Sure, yeah, but it would also be I feel like what people went to see in this movie because it didn't do that well, no, right? No. But we did had- way better on as a rental. Right. Yeah. yeah. But Weird Al had a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to me that it didn't do well. And I think that might have been because like he didn't do what he what the fans loved him for a lot during this movie. He just did it once. So yeah. I don't know. That might have been part of it. Yeah, true. Yeah. Okay, well we're gonna take that note to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment to talk about the rest of UF. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We're back talking about UHF. We've got Nug Nargang here. From the Illusionoid body. Yes, from yeah. Illusionoid. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so we're at the part where they're despondent. The station's going under. Al's ready to give up. He's ready to go for a drink, and he doesn't even drink. Mm-hmm. Just but like, he's going to start. Yeah. yeah. Hear good things. Good yeah. Al. <laughs> yeah. But so he puts Stanley Spadowski on the air. Just, just like, here, like, you, you want know, a TV show? You're Go on. ahead. You know. yeah. My favorite part about that is that Stanley's like, but I can still be the janitor. Right? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And they go to a bar and he orders a blueberry daiquiri. That is one of those things in the movie that I love so much. Two guys hanging their heads at the bar. You've seen it mm-hmm. in every scene. Guys, what can I get you? And he goes, I'll have a beer. And Al doesn't look up and just goes, blueberry daiquiri in the exact same tone. Yeah. And of course, very casually in that scene, the bartender delivers both of those very specific drinks. Yeah. yeah. I also love when they walk in, bartender on the phone going, yeah. I know, I saw it too. I've never seen anything like it in my life. It's, it's exactly like Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, listen to this. It's, it, well, the phone. it's such a, yeah. you're like, oh, I wonder what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah. How, how long did it take him to walk to the bar? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but everybody at the bar is watching and is like fully engaged by the television. Mm-hmm. And it's Stanley Spadowski. It's his clubhouse now. And everybody loves it. All the kids are going crazy. And he's like, he's making people laugh. And he's also inspiring. He's like telling about his mop and what it means to him. And it's, it's beautiful. It was <laughs> yeah. like the Forrest Gump before there was Forrest Gump. Right. Yeah, he said yeah. life is like a mop. <laughs> yeah, it really the crowd out of it you gotta rinse it off <laughs> Robert Zemeckis stole that shit <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's so it, it's so funny to the obviously it's the rally cry mm-hmm. that George needs to hear but also that the people love so much and yeah. then you're like why is this what these people need yeah, yeah exactly well it's all these bikers and all these people yeah. and you're like they, they like it too it's <laughs> an outcast maybe yeah. speaking right to them yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, well, so this sort of turns their fortunes around, and all of a sudden, it's a big hit. Their production values go up. All of a sudden, like, they're wearing suits. And they still have to find, like, some other shows that sort of program on the air, which, like, are maybe not as successful. Like, they have Raul's Wild Kingdom, right. which is just a dude named Raul showing his crazy menagerie of pets. And they're shocked by this, like, all the stuff that he does, which is great. The suction cup turtle. And, the- <laughs> and throwing yeah. dogs at the window to see if they could fly. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, that actor was yeah. killed by a drunk driver during the shooting of the movie. Yeah, And so his part was actually supposed to be bigger. Like the dogs he threw at the window were going to come back at him later in the movie to tie that all off. Oh. But they had to shoot scenes without him with a body double in it. Damn. And they dedicated the movie to him. Wow. Yeah. It's wow, just wow. such a weird, like, it that's a been, weird dedication. Would have been like, so much more. Would have been so much more of that character. Yeah. yeah, and that character is like one of the beloved characters of this yeah. movie. Yeah, like, he also has the badgers. Yeah. <laughs> badgers. Yeah. We don't need no stinking badgers. Yeah, yeah. It's I, and he's he's right. like an odd looking dude, and he like yeah, everyone. There's is. nobody in this movie that isn't an odd looking dude. I mean, they look regular. Like they look like people. Yeah, for sure. Well, there's people that don't fit your traditional Hollywood actor, right? And so yeah. there's like a, a little person in this movie that is the cameraman Billy Barty. yeah it's Billy Barty from yeah. Masters of the Universe one of my favorites oh yeah exactly yeah we was done on the podcast <laughs> and he's so great in it and the only joke about his size is that he just has to shoot up yeah uh, oh yeah that's and, that's right. and it's the not only joke it's not anti or, or making fun of him no they just no. bring him in he's a short cameraman and his name's Noodles yeah and, and the, the bad guys make fun of him all and, the time and that's yeah. great because we're not supposed to and that's and it's so the, great and the bad guys also say broad shouldn't be in broadcasting yeah <laughs> to <laughs> Fran Drescher to Fran Drescher and she's and then calls about it and, and of she's course, like it's in the title and it's the, in the name and the bad guy she calls is like I always tell them he, they should never call chicks broads like yeah. all the bad guys are for sure bad guys in this <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny yeah. they also look like every character from Anchorman <laughs> yes <laughs> So great. They really do. <laughs> yeah. There's another show, Wheel of Fish. Mm-hmm. It's exactly you, what it's like. When you're waiting fish. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love when the woman, they do the, like the, you can get the red snapper or you can get what's in the mystery box. And the crowd, the box, the fish, the box. <laughs> and then I'll take the box. And in the box is nothing. You're so stupid. You're yeah, so because it's, so the, bad. it's the karate guy back. Yeah. yeah. And, he, yeah and they're just like, I think Al did for the movie, hire his friends. Yeah. Yeah. He, George Newman yeah. gives all of his friends television shows. Yeah, yeah it's kind of great. So, 
what happens is the other station, RJ, whatever his name is. His RJ name, Fletcher of Channel 8. That's right. Like somebody who makes arrows. I don't yeah, know what right. significance that has. Yeah, I don't know. But he starts to take notice of Channel 62 because they start becoming really popular and they start biting into the ratings and they start losing advertisers. And so he decides that he needs to take really extreme measures to put these guys down. Mm-hmm. So he goes to... His uncle Harvey, who had the station, who owns the station, and he's lost a whole bunch of money, and he demands that Harvey yeah. sell him the station. And it yeah. just so happens that Harvey got a call from his bookie, and he yeah. has to have seventy five thousand in cash his, by Friday. Yeah. His, his bookie, played by like Doctor Claw, from, yeah, it's from, legit from, a Doctor Claw shot from, yeah. and he unscrews Gadget, his yeah. cigar hand yeah. and screws in a cleaver and yeah. chops a summer sausage. It's kind of <laughs> so ableist, though. Like not all amputees use their hands for like evil. <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah. cutting a summer sausage isn't evil, but it seems menacing. Yeah, he's in the he's moment. But that's pretty, it's funny. Emphasizing. He's emphasizing it. For us watching it, but he's cutting a salami over the phone. Right. It seems yeah. very strange. The guy on the phone would be like, Ooh, he, that sounds like a salami guy. I always keep a salami next to my phone. Just to make a point. <laughs> sounds spicy, guys. He means it this time. Yeah. He's going to fly over to where the station is and they'll sign the deal. But at the last minute, George manages to get his aunt to get him to agree to at least hold off. And if he can match the money, the offer, then he'll sell him the station instead. And it seems impossible. Like, like it's, you know, it's a Hail Mary sort of plan. Like, it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But he gives them the chance. And so now they've just got to make up the $75,000. And there's only one way to do it in the 1980s. And that's <laughs> to put on a telethon. Yeah. Which is uh, an idea he gets from Stanley saying, mm-hmm. I sure wish I owned a television station. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then the, the idea is actually ingenious. Because we want to sell 7,500 shares of the company to yeah, the, yeah. To the people. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. you'll get for 10 bucks. You'll get a share of the station, and I like that. And it will yeah. belong to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds a little bit communist, <laughs> but uh, I'd like to own it. I'd buy a share. Yeah, yeah for UHF bucks. for sure. For Wheel of Fish alone. Yeah, a strip solitaire. One of the other shows, Conan <laughs> the Librarian. I bet, yeah. like, if you had oh, bought man. shares Conan in Librarian. this movie, it's finally paying off dividends yeah. <laughs> right now. You're getting oh, your yeah. first like ten dollar check. It's, it's getting that rewatchability bump right now. Everybody's gonna go watch it. <laughs> Woo! But so they do the telethon, but in order to like, like, throw them off again. R.J. Fletcher, he gets his lackeys to kidnap Stanley Spadowski, who's like the only reason why people really want to watch this station. He's the person that they really enjoy, that gives everybody hope. And so, without Stanley on stage, they're like losing money. And there's like a bunch of like the sort of like bad telethon sort of acts, like torsos wearing top hats and oh, uh, yes. with, so uh, they were upside down yodeling midgets. <laughs> when they, when they, oh, really? they pain ah, yeah. their stomachs, they Is were called the, the, it was that the term? Did it over with the their fake, top big, hat. Fake hat. It was yeah. called the whistling midgets. The brothers, the guys with the long noses, are an actual act. These are all acts that Weird Al knows. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the guy on stilts dressed as Uncle Sam and the upside down ukulele guy. These are all acts. I love the upside down ukulele guy because his face was so red. Oh, of course it was. How <laughs> it many was takes of that do you think I he know. had to do? His eyes were like bloodshot and oh, crying. Brutal. <laughs> no more. No more. I can't right. yodel through Take the tears. 80. No. One more time. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so Stanley sort of like escapes. At one point, he's like itching, and so they like open the door to like shut him up, and he sees his old mop, like the original mop, the mop that he was given on his sixth birthday mm-hmm. behind them because they're keeping him at the TV station, and he breaks out of his ropes. Oh, yeah. This <laughs> gives him Hulk strength. Yeah, yeah, it gives him Hulk strength. And before that, he, when he's tied up and he's playing this kind of guessing game of, of like, guess what color I see. He has an orange bandana on. And he's like, I see the color orange. What is it? What is it? And then he says, an orange. Which is a stupid, stupid joke because, of course, he should see the band. It's just, it's just like uh, one step removed to make it even more stupid. Yeah, and I like, I, I, I like that commitment to, oh, to making jokes. Yeah, there's stupid. a lot of dumb <laughs> yeah. jokes in this movie yeah, yeah, that are sure. like the obvious dumb thing they didn't go with. They yeah. went with a dumber dumb thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and also George comes to rescue him or try to rescue him, and he has like a great like Rambo parody. Oh, oh, and this man. is all because Philo put a camera in Channel. Right, that's he, right. He went, crawled into the crawled yeah. into the air ducts and put some cameras in RJ's office and in the lobby. I, I love the camera that he puts in because any any show you've seen since the nineties, it's been like this little yeah. strand a of a fiber optic no, camera. Wait, this thing is a <laughs> yeah, it's a camera. It's a television camera. Yeah, it it's looks a studio like camera. Yeah, that can't support it's angled that. into and jammed. It's obviously <laughs> too heavy for the uh, tiles it's sitting on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You have to take a whole tile out. Yeah, yeah, and just so replace stupid. it with a camera. No one will notice. <laughs> nope. So they get back, and they're short of the money, and his uncle has got to sell. You know, there's nothing he can do because, you know, these guys, you don't want to mess with them. And it seems like all hope is lost. It's the last minute, and the guy... The hobo from before, the one who asked for change, he comes back and in a scene previously, he'd asked R.J. Fletcher for change and he'd give him one lousy penny. A penny and yeah. went, don't spend it all in one place. Yeah, we're, can- we're Canadians. We don't even use pennies anymore. I know. Yeah, that's that, right. That's he the only way this movie's dated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the only, only way. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> UHF means things to people yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like we should have explained that to our audience well, yeah, before and, we... And even Al didn't want to call UHF because oh, he knew yeah. cable was coming in and taking place of all the V. VHF, UHF stations. Right. I think his right. title was The Vidiot. The yeah. Vidiot? Yeah. No, better. No. But then they went, no, UHF. So in other places in the world, it's called The Vidiot of UHF. And right. other places call it Vidiot TV Crazies. <laughs> <laughs> TV Crazies is the best one. It is pretty great. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But he has sold this expensive, rare, valuable coin for enough money to buy the remaining shares. The hobo, yeah. Yeah, and a Rolex to taunt R.J. Fletcher, who didn't get a Rolex from his shitty son. All he's ever wanted in his whole life was a Rolex, and his son gave him a not-Rolex watch, and he yelled at his own son. And that's such a Trump moment for me. Like, that's that's when I was like, that's Trump's son. Like, he's like, here, Dad, have a watch. And he's like, it's not a Rolex. Get out of here. Yeah, it's not a rhino tail, you know. (laughs) I'm going to throw you under the bus to the Russians. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But yet that's like, oh, am I ever glad I ran into you <laughs> right. thanks for the penny yeah. like yeah. all of that and it's like it's nice it's this throwaway hobo who has one of my favorite bits it's just that camera pan establishing there at city hall yeah. and that hobo's on a bench with a blind guy and the blind guy moves a rubik's cube <laughs> yeah. one move and then goes is this it nope yeah one more move <laughs> is this it nope and they do that as the camera pans it's just this joke that's in oh there. yeah so yeah. many throwaway jokes like uh, yeah i think what i like about this and what maybe saves it from being maybe exploitative is that like there's a real kindness to it like he loves that hobo same as he loves like the little guy billy barty and all these people you know the misfits and weirdos like the people who didn't fit in like in mm-hmm. the 80s yeah there's like a place like for a the woman news anchor yeah yeah i mean <laughs> well exactly well no, now kind of like yeah. well exactly but yeah. now 
like we recognize that like a like these people aren't misfits or weirdos. They're just people and they deserve all the opportunities and possibilities and happiness that all of us do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was like one of the sort of things that was sort of said that before it was cool to say that right. in the 80s. It was like cool to make fun of people and elevate yourself by putting other people down. Mm-hmm. And everybody in that movie who belittles someone or puts them down or does something bad Every single one of them gets their comeuppance. Oh, yeah, for sure. Each one. Yeah. There's like two or three that all get it. Yeah, and that's sure. all it, that's exactly what it should be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a very karmic movie. Yeah. Every, everyone that does good gets good. Everyone that does bad yeah. gets bad. And that's about it for like the movie. Him and Terry reconcile. They have like a gone with the wind sort of ending. And then it's the credits and uh, the UHF song, which I don't think describes the plot of the movie. No, it's right. just a celebration of the channel. Yeah. It's <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many movies and, or so many songs that end movies which just describe the plot. And they're like, we just saw that. Yeah. We, we know. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. It's, a, it's a convention. Is this like a conclusion? Is this yeah. in summation? What was happening? I, I guess yeah. they're running away together. Yeah. yeah. And that's the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a few things that we didn't talk about. Of course. Mm-hmm. The elephant in the room, Michael Richards. I mean, I don't know what there is to say about that other than it's like hard to sort of watch it and think about that because he's such like a lovely sort of character. He plays like, you know, he's almost like a, a Lenny from a Mice and well, Man. Well, and he has the scene with George. You're my best friend, George. Like, right. exactly. It's very yeah, Mice yeah, and Man. But he's so beloved in this movie. Like, even if you don't love him and you think, oh, he's just a goof, everyone else loves him. Yeah. And then to deal with the Michael Richards of now as that character is yeah. a very weird thing when you watch it again. Well, yeah. And he's so funny in this movie. He's so good. And he's, lovable. He's one of the funniest parts of this movie routinely. Yeah. And yeah. He sort of steals the show from Weird Al. I mean, totally. this is, you know, I mean, literally in the movie and the movie itself. A yeah. Weird Al vehicle. Yeah, and that's right. Yeah. Even in the plot of it, he becomes like, yeah, you know, he steals which is kind of great yeah. because, you know, just giving yourself a movie is kind of like a mm-hmm. douchey thing to do. Yeah. But, you know, the self-disparaging sort of nature makes it sort of work. For sure. But uh, watching it now, I guess also like a lot of time has passed. I feel like he is it's 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 hard because it brings up the subject of do we forgive celebrities for their sins and yeah. like you know the, Michael Richards and Mel Gibson like they've both really made like like a, a lot of attempts to make up and tried for, to address it and tried to address it and talk to like community leaders of those communities and like they've really really been trying to do away with that tarnished image but I think society as a whole finds it very very hard to to let go of things I mean we rewatch old movies. Yeah. We don't let go of anything. No. So, so no. I, I feel like it's hard for us to let go of the biggest things in people's careers, which are usually their meltdowns. Yeah. You know, and Britney Spears, the thing I remember about her is like getting out of like the, the hair loss and stuff instead of her music when I was a kid, you know, like, and I, <laughs> I remember the videos pretty well because <laughs> they were artfully directed. Right. No other reason. Yeah. But it's, it's hard to look past that, especially when, it deals with something that's as atrocious as uh, racism as racism. Yeah. 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 So it's difficult. Yeah. But then people can look past racism and sexism to vote someone to presidency. So I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. It was uh, a different, you know, you watch this movie and it's locked to a pretty specific time. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the references, like even when weird Al does parodies songs, Mm -hmm. he picks songs that are like, I was explaining this to somebody today in the eighties. He did a parody of, 
Ruthless People by Mick Jagger for the movie Ruthless People. Now, the movie and the song did not do well, but he didn't know that when he did the parody and then put the album out a year later. Right. So you have to take a gamble. So in this movie, there's a parody of Yahoo Sirius's Young Einstein for one scene, and it just falls flat. Wow. (laughs) Anthony Geary as Philo hands him these two wires and says, I want to see if this will handle 60,000 volts. What? And he flips the switch, and it's these two, and it lightning and his hair stands out and that's exactly the poster of young Einstein starring right, right. serious. Yeah. I remember that. And movie that was in there so just for faintly. that joke yeah. for that reference. Yeah. And it was locked cause that was 1988 you know, and this is 89. I've never ever thought about the fact that like when you're making a movie, uh, you're trying to, and cause it takes a long time to make a movie. Yeah. You're trying to make it relevant to the time you're putting it out. And if it's a parody movie, you're gonna have to take some gambles on which parodies will actually play. Yeah. Well, and his movie, I never thought about his that. movie choices for parodies like Gandhi and Rambo yeah. right. and Gone with the Wind and like uh, 70s and Conan, 30s, the, Conan yeah. the Barbarian were all out way before this. So they were all well-established mm-hmm. things to parody. Yeah. yeah. One thing that I'm not sure flies, like, he plays Gandhi, right? No, the no. director of the movie plays Gandhi. Okay, that's bad, too. <laughs> that's very bad. <laughs> what do we say? He plays a parody wasn't. of Gandhi, though. So yeah. Yeah. It's so hard in parody to... I mean, like, you could hire an Indian guy. Yes, we always true. say We always say sequels are worse. Right. They're never as good as a person. So, of course, they yeah. made it the worst possible thing. Exactly. If they had hired Fisher Stevens, that would have like, yeah, that yeah, would have made sense. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, and some of the other, like, I mean, I think in the 80s, like, yeah, some of his, some of his, there were some racial stereotypes in there, which I think are maybe a little bit like, iffy. yeah. But, and in some of his older songs and stuff like that. But, yeah, uh, for sure. You know, I think he's like, he has like a kindness. Yeah, and, spe- stuff. and especially as, as like, as we said about this movie, about having misfits and ne'er-do-wells and stuff. Yeah. Like, when usually a movie in the 80s did that and they were made fun of, the ne'er-do-wells and misfits looked like Christian Slater. Like, in this movie, <laughs> they look different. They look like average people. Yeah. Everybody yeah. does. And there's little, like... Everybody who has a major on air, mm-hmm. major on camera role, like the cameraman never speaks. Yeah. The cameraman for U62 never speaks. Right. And he's this big black dude yeah. who's always eating. Yeah. And in every scene, if you see him on camera, he's running the camera for George's talk show with the, with yeah, yeah, the yeah. Emo Phillips, chewing on a sandwich. Later on, when he gets his own show, that's just practical jokes, he's chewing on a sandwich and tripping people coming out of the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. He's always eating a sandwich. Yeah. And that's his only part. And it's just so funny. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty good. Everybody good looks odd. The yeah. casting in this is really good. Like it's cast like as well as like a Coen Brothers movie for like <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, getting like people who look like real people. Yeah, yeah. It's like the wire of of parodies because <laughs> yeah. they just like get real people to act. That's what they do. Yeah. yeah. Was there anything else we didn't talk about in this fine film? Uh, the fantastic commercials. Yeah. Uh, commercials not just Spatula City. Spatula City is the greatest, <laughs> which has that great. I think goes over the head of a lot of people now. If you're going to watch it, because back in the yeah. day it was Cy Sperling for the Hair Club for Men that liked it so much he bought the company. Right. So here's. <laughs> this bald guy yeah. staring dead into the camera and you can see him clearly reading his lines. Oh, the lines are written across like two kilometers in yeah. front of him. Because Hello, is, yeah. I'm Cy Greenwood, president yeah. of Spatula City. He's just, yeah. And he's terrible. Yeah, he's terrible. And just the actors in the commercial are all overacting. The dad, the mom and the kids are all super excited. Like they're jumping up and down in the yeah. car to go to Spatula City. Spatula yeah. City. Yeah. And then the, the funeral home one is great. Are it, Just the opening line of, are you tired of shoddy cut rate funerals? And there's a guy buried on an angle with his feet out of the ground. Oh, yeah. And an arm sticking out. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, what are we going to do about these horrible funerals? Remember in the first season of Six Feet Under, they did all those commercial parodies for funeral homes? Oh, yeah. It was really funny. Yeah. I 
love that. Uh, they should bring more of those in the movie. We also talked about Starship Troopers, who did commercial parodies yes. in the movie. Starship yeah. Troopers had a lot of commercial parodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was last week. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, it's interesting. That this is a theme now. Yeah, and there was also lots of the like, the movie parodies. Like we didn't talk much about Conan the Librarian. So funny. That's another yeah. one of those lines that struggled. This was oh. don't you know the Dewey Decimal System for yeah. sure. Sound helpful as a librarian. <laughs> <laughs> so and good. and like that's one like my me and my friends like used yeah. to reference all the time. Like it was just. Uh, it's so great because, you know, a lot of, even in the improv, because you do a lot of I improv. I do a lot of improv, yeah. And, and in the improv games, I remember from, from high school improv, it was a lot about putting, to show off a characteristic, you put that character in the most opposite situation that they could ever be in. And that was Conan the Librarian. Like, it fit with his, the barbarian thing, mm-hmm. but it also just put this guy who was too big for a library, too loud for a library. It was, it was and, just, too, and too mean to be a librarian. Too My mean, book's yeah. late. He slices a man in half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And the effects in this movie are all over the place. Well, like, and they're some of them are really good. Some of them are great, very practical. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one's claymation when Philo reveals that he's an alien and has to go back to his My home work planet. Here is done. And, yeah. and he just it's that it's that large marge moment from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So his face just goes blah and yeah. then he disappears in a beam of light and flies back to his home planet. Yeah, and it doesn't look great. No. Uh, <laughs> no, it looks silly. But and, it, it works for the movie. And there's yeah. other stuff like in the Rambo stuff, his bodysuit looks kind of like okay for like this yeah. foam suit. It looks wearing. weird, but kind of good. Yeah, but then <laughs> but then RJ Fletcher in the other helicopter literally has a sharpie on tape, like on, on his helmet, a sharpie six, like News Channel 6 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. on, on the, and I was like, oh, that. You couldn't paint looks, that eight or whatever on Yeah, there, you couldn't like, just paint that on the helmet. So funny. It was just kind of stupid. I think yeah. the budget for this was. Was only five million dollars. Like oh, that was gonna just five dollars. Five dollars. They made yep. it on a weekend with their buddies. Yeah, 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 that's right. But that's like not a lot of money, right? Five million? I don't know. In eighty eighty nine. I guess it was a little bit of money. But apparently, yeah. like, they had the idea for this, and they shopped it around, and they couldn't find anybody to sort of finance it except for Orion, and only if they could get it in under that sort of money. Uh, and I guess they had to do, like, the CGI for the video. I don't know how much that would have cost in 1989. <laughs> oh, yeah. They certainly didn't have time to do reshoots. I mean, in uh, in the uh, Uncle Nutsy's clubhouse in the first one, where he's like, hey, what's your name? He, oh, Al, the and kid? the kid goes, Tommy. He's like, and are you having a good time? And the kid spits, hits Al, and hangs off his nose. And you it's see the kid, a, you see the kid crack up and cover his face. <laughs> see, I think they had that as a little bit of like, we didn't get the spit take on the other takes, but this one, the kid corpses. So we'll go with the one where the kid corpses because the spit looks fantastic. A hundred percent. Like it's, it's so. It's great. And you gross. know, the kid like, no, it's so spit. gross and it's hilarious. And the kid just covers his face. Yeah. Uh, later on, Victoria Jackson checks her answering machine and George is leaving her a message. That's yeah. just him screaming. Come back to me. I'm in hell. I miss you. I love yeah. you. And Al was doing it just off camera. And so Victoria Jackson is cracking up. Yeah. In that moment. Well, that, that kind of feels real though. Yeah. Because, yeah. Like, it's it's like the she inner. Was, yeah. It's like this kind of of like Stop actual drama in the like in how can I stay weird... mad at you you screaming at me on the phone <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. I love you oh god Terry <laughs> yeah so I'm you guys, hell do you guys have any like criticisms of this movie like how did it feel like sort of rewatching it now did you think that it all held up or were there parts that like were slower or dragged or weren't funny 
I think this is like a movie that that is effective in what it's trying to do and could get away with a lot because it's a parody. Yeah. And because it's Weird Al, too. Because we don't expect to be Weird Al to be in a movie and we don't expect that movie to be good. So it's it like already has a lot of headwinds or a lot of tailwinds going for it uh-huh. uh, as it approaches release. But then... I don't think it's a well-made movie. Like, I don't think the production value is very high. I don't think, like, the jokes are really funny, but I don't think, like, a lot of them are necessarily well-written. Like, I don't think this is a well-made movie. And the direction is a little off sometimes in very TV. So, Well, the director did most of his music videos, so yeah, right. it is TV. Yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. Well, it's all based on TV. So to have yeah, a right. TV director for it isn't a bad choice. Oh, but it's a man, movie. no, you just, just changed shows. my mind on that. It just shows <laughs> that it is a TV director directing the movie. Yeah, yeah. You and I see it. And I think a lot of 90s movies, especially aimed at kids, felt that way. They were just like, hey, place the camera here. We don't, We won't really think about why. And we'll just do that. What are we going to do? Three takes? We're done. Yeah, exactly. And so this movie definitely suffered from that. But I, I mean, it being about TV and looking like TV, now you got me. Like that's, <laughs> what about you now? Did you have any- I, I, I mean, this movie... I will always think it's hilarious. I There are a lot of jokes that are dated, mm-hmm. which is what happens when you go back and look at a movie. And even when yeah. you go back and look at stuff like Airplane, there are a lot of dated references to things mm-hmm. from that period. Right. I do have such endearing memories about this movie with my friends. I recently got engaged, and this was one of the first movies I sat down and made my fiance watch with me. Oh, <laughs> did, did you like it? She... Stone face the entire movie. This is terrible. And oh then God. the one, then the one where she broke. When yeah. she broke was when they were trying to get Stanley. They were rescuing or Stanley tried to break out and they catch him in the lobby. Right. And uh, they catch George and Stanley in the lobby and then they hear a noise. Mm-hmm. And then they go over to the closet, Mark supplies, and they open it up and all of the coke. Uh, what is Tony? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. all of the kung fu guys yeah. jump out of the closet and yell supplies. Right. <laughs> and that's yeah. where she goes. Ah! Oh, God. And like, it is mad that she laughed at it. But I was like, oh, good. You're a keeper. You get this. It's a dumb. Right. That was a test. It's so dumb. That joke is so dumb. I also just want to say a PSA just for people that are dating people that are showing them their favorite movies. It's fine if they don't like it. Like, it's, it's 100%. It's totally, I what? never expected her to like it. Yeah. And then when she she said, is this in your head all the time? Oh and I go, God. yeah. And yeah. she goes, I get you now. Like she totally, every wow. dumb joke I make, every dad joke I make, every horrible reference I make is all yeah. because I watched this and it imprinted on my brain as a kid. Oh, That's man. beautiful. I, uh, in I, a way. I made my fiance, the first movie I made her watch was. Eraserhead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it was kind of like one of the more boring of the Coen brothers. It was Hudsucker Proxy. I, oh, I love, that, love one. that movie. But I think it might be their best movie. It is. I, <laughs> like, so good. 100%. The best part of that I is where the janitor me. jams his mop into the and ears of the thing time. and says, oh. ah, technically, I'm not supposed to do this. <laughs> it's <laughs> so good. You know, oh, yeah. for kids. Like, I just, I love that movie so much. <laughs> but I, Paul I'm Newman's just, such a good R.J. Fletcher. Oh, oh yes. yeah. And the, and the janitor's such a big, important guy. They're exactly the same oh, movie. Oh, they're ah. exactly the same movie. But, yeah, but it was it was like that. We, you know, we watched it. And then she was like, yeah, I don't know. And I was like, that's my feeling about <laughs> she love She gave you the ring bag. I, I get it as a film watcher, but I didn't. It's not my cup well, of tea. It's fine. You know, you know yeah. everybody, you know, you'll put your you like something and maybe you yeah. put that out on the Internet and yeah. then you get a thousand people telling you you're wrong for this reason. But we're all allowed to like Are or hate our own that? things. Yeah. We're all allowed to <laughs> have, have our heard? own opinions. <laughs> we're all yeah. allowed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then you find a, a movie that you really come together on. Do you, do you have one of those with your uh, oh, kind of what did we see that we really liked? Oh, probably. 
totally the Lego movie. We just oh, uh, Lego man. Batman. Lego who, Batman actually. We went who to doesn't see, like, we yeah. loved that movie so much. Yeah. There's so many throwaway jokes in that one too where sure. what uh, Dick says, "Now my name's Richard Grayson, but the kids call me Dick. Kids can be cruel." Like it's just <laughs> so many throwaway jokes and like her nephew's with us and he's 8 and he goes, "What are they, what are they laughing about?" We're like, "We'll tell you when you're 20." Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's us. If you don't get it by then. <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah. And what about you, Rob? Did you upon rewatching this, did you find anything that didn't really fit with it or I mean, there were parts that were kind of slow, but when I, we were watching it in the theater, like yeah. you, I, and JM went inside, and it was... Just it was, realizing why we started being friends, you know? Yeah, it was <laughs> nice, you know? I was laughing, I was having a good time, yeah. and it was it was a nice experience. I sort of re-watched it so I could get it back in my head this morning, and some mm-hmm. parts seemed like a little bit slow, so maybe give it a, more than a week or so. <laughs> Before you rewatch it again? Yeah. But, I, yeah. you know, it's, it has like a great sensibility, and I don't think it's a sensibility that's still sort of exists anymore like people ask Weird Al about whether he'd do a sequel and he's like people don't really do that kind of comedy anymore I feel like Basketball was kind of like an unofficial like it kind of felt that way from this movie it yeah has a, a well, probably very, like very much plot. influenced by but so much yeah. more like lewd <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. where Al's was super clean. Like, there isn't really a dirty yeah. joke in UHF. Yeah. It's a very family. You could show There's it to There's an a innocence kid, to it. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. and like a, a silliness and stupidity. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, you know, I think it's a really neat movie and like a good, like, product of its time and I think like for weird Al fans and I think there's going to be like a lot more of them for many more generations like I think it's an interesting thing to sort of find Mm -hmm. and enjoy people are always going to find it because weird Al is way bigger than this movie he's like I think eclipsed it but like it'll sort of like be like a good gem for people to discover so I think it's like a totally rewatchable you find a weird Al fan a younger weird Al fan now who knows his more current stuff and then you when they're old enough you can say did you know weird Al made a movie and they'll go what? And then you can watch all the movie. Right, yeah. right. Their face will explode. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 What about you? Did, did we do the rewatchable with you? Uh, I think it's rewatchable, no? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's rewatchable because there's so much going on behind the scenes too. Like you mentioned with Lego Batman, there's so many like little throwaway there's jokes. Little throwaway yeah. jokes. The, the blueberry daiquiri, the, yeah. the, the car he's driving in this movie itself oh. is a joke. I don't know how yeah. two people fit in that car. <laughs> yeah, it's very small. There's car. so many little things, yeah. but it's, it's worth a rewatch just to see it's a period of its time. Oh yeah. And it's a period of Weird Al. It's a parody of, movies and a parody of television and a parody of its genre. It's a very yeah. odd thing. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening to Rewatchability. Thanks for coming on, Nug. Oh, yeah. thanks and so much. Do listen to the Illusionoid podcast. It's I know so we've hilarious. been playing the ads for the last couple of weeks. Yes, uh, thank you for that. We appreciate yeah. it. Oh. Yeah. If you haven't already listened, do check it out. And we want to thank, of course, our sponsors, Andy Mattress and HelloFresh. And we also want to thank our Patreons. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. And we're on Facebook. Follow us there. Also, um, rate us on iTunes and give us only five stars. <laughs> it's the only amount that you can give uh, without That's contracting the terrible virus that JM has. Spatula City! Spatula City! Hello, this is Cy Greenbloom, president of Spatula City. I like their spatula so much, I bought the company. Spatula City! Seven locations! We're in the yellow pages under Spatulas! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.